Podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We welcome back Dr. John Alexander to the Paracast this week. And we've got a lot of things to catch up with him on. It's been a couple of years since he's been on the show. But before that, I wanted to throw some pop culture thing in here because... We had mentioned the Project Blue Book TV show from the History Channel. That's the one that is very, very, very loosely, I say loosely, extremely loosely based on the life of Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Now, John, have you seen the show at all? Unfortunately, yes. Okay, then you basically just, <laughs> you're right in the right vibe there, my friend. But yes, unfortunate. And I wanted, before I give you my reaction, I finally watched one episode. And how do we get this? Is because the cable TV provider we have, Cox, also is now giving us free subscriptions to NBC Peacock Network, which includes History Channel, which includes that show. So I saw the first pilot episode. Before we go on, Randall, have you seen the show? No, I don't, I don't get those channels and i i know you can probably maybe figure out a way to sort of get them like as a free trial or something but i i just can't be bothered (laughs) okay john what was your reaction well when you said loosely based on that's very generous there was a place called roswell and there was a guy called alan heineck and any resemblance to everything after that stops I mean, no, just ridiculous. Well, I had met up with Dr. Heineck like three, four times in the late 70s. And I interviewed him and I talked to him. And the guy I knew, Dr. J. Allen Heineck, is not the guy in this TV show. It's not that the looks aren't quite there. It is the demeanor, it is the personality, it is the voice. Nothing resembled the real person. And I think if they're going to use the guy's name and a very rough approximation, very rough, of his likeness, the actor would at least try to convey some of the feel of the real guy. Of course, they want to make him an action hero. Well, they start off with uh, the captain that flies around with him, you know, and puts Heineck in a plane and they go out and crash together. I mean, just, ah, you just want to scream when you, uh, <laughs> you know, anything about it. It's so ridiculous. That, uh, you talk about the first episode where they are investigating a UFO sighting and they agree right. to try to duplicate the circumstances so they go up on a fighter plane, which then crashes. Right. And you think, wait a minute, what is this? It's like a poor man's sex files. Well, if you seen the, the crash, particularly in those days, you didn't walk away from that. You know, <laughs> like I say, it just and the, the whole uh, the Russian thing and the wife, uh, you know, the whole espionage and Mimi getting involved and in, in, you know international conspiracies, just crazy. I would think here it might be a slightly credible TV show if the person was Dr. John Smith. Excuse me. We don't want to use the name John. Dr. Dean Smith. Some 
person who might loosely have been based on Dr. Hynek without using the name. And then maybe it would have been a better show. But as soon as you bring Dr. Hynek into it, you're like on another planet. Well, we've got to remember that the Roswell and Hynek, they were using to sell the show. So it had nothing to do with reality. Right. So you guys are both saying that this is highly fictionalized uh, docufiction at best. Not even docu-fiction, science fiction, period science fiction. With a few no, names thrown in that we'd recognize so that we sort of, so, so that certainly, it gives it an air. Certainly not serious. Oh, well, I mean, so long, maybe if you don't view it as being serious, it can still be enjoyable. I mean, you know, a lot of us, we know more about the reality of the situation, but that doesn't mean we can't set aside our <laughs> beliefs, you know. That the whole premise, you've got a captain relating directly to four-star generals, you know, when they go in there to me, I mean, give me a break. <laughs> he wouldn't get coffee for four-star generals. It's just, uh, like I said, if it had some semblance or reasonable resemblance to, you know, reality, but when they, they blow this stuff out, it just... Uh, like I say, it makes you want to pull your hair out. And the problem is, now that we live in a post-truth era, uh, people believe this stuff. You see, that's what bothers me, too. People have heard of Dr. J. Allen Heinig, maybe only the name, and they see this show and say, hey, is that what the guy was like? And it's not even like, for example... What was it? Ripped from the headlines, Law and Order SVU, the Dick Wolf TV shows. There, you know, the episode is suggested by possibly a real event. Here, even the real events are barely included. Right. Well, if we were talking about uh, Rupelt there, who was basically he was the blue book guy, he um, got set up through Major General Cabell, at, uh, who ordered ATIC at the time to prepare a review, and then he gave it to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Rosengarten. And uh, so he, so that's how far up the chain of the command went, and it was Rosengarten that offered Rupelt the assignment for Blue Book originally. I'm not that much up on the folklore, but I do know how the system works. <laughs> right, yeah. That yeah. ain't it. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like, yeah. So, you know, so you're saying, oh, yeah, this is like, you know, these people will go straight to the the, the big guns at the top and or the big brass at the top. And, yeah, it, it does sound very highly sensationalized. Let me ask you a question, John. Certainly you would know this, knowing the military hierarchy, et cetera. When they do a TV show or a movie depicting the military activities, isn't it standard form to have a consultant on set to advise as to proper procedure? They certainly do this with police procedurals. doesn't mean they necessarily follow it 100%, but there has to be some basic resemblance, isn't there? Uh, no. No, particularly say basic resemblance. Um, uh, do they have to? No. Do they do it on occasion? Yes. Do they listen to them generally? No. <laughs> you see, theirs are so basic 
that you know you know that any technical advisor would uh, you know catch on to, to it and uh, be screaming. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that the History Channel. I mean, it, it might as well parallel Comedy Central. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that Comedy Central at least had some reality in its satire. Well, I've I've just done a couple for them, but Jesus, you just ah. well, you know, this is kind of a big mystery for a lot of us out here in the public, and we're really glad to have you on the show so that you can maybe help explain some of this stuff for us. And what really happens? I, I was watching a video uh, that you made not too long ago uh, for a group that uh, is interested in all this stuff. And so you were saying at the end there was a question about these special access programs. And you were saying at the end there that you disagree with the whole concept of it and that people just really don't understand what happens in the military and how these programs are created. So how do they get created? Before we have the answer, I do want to do our break. Dr. John Alexander joining us with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hello, Paracast people. I'm Greg Carlwood, the host of the Higher Side Chats podcast, an uninterrupted and action-packed interview-based show where I talk to some of the brightest minds for our troubled times about all things paranormal, occult, esoteric, and conspiratorial. After 10 years, we've heard it all. Alien moon bases, archons, hollow earth, technocratic and biomedical agendas, magic, mind control, and Lovecraftian monsters. Oh my. Usually, the first hour of the show is free, and the second hour is for members who sign up for the Higher Side Chats Plus at $8 a month. But praise be, we're giving Paracast listeners two free weeks of Plus when you use the all-caps coupon code PARACAST. Go to thehiresidechats.com, sign up with the code PARACAST, and dive into the nearly never-ending archive of great interviews I've been lucky enough to get over the years, from David Politis to David Icke, and many, many guests not named David. Check it out. You're going to love it. All right, Jane, was that good? Can we use that one? When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes, see Sunny Bay's four-and-a-half to five-star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our made-in-the-USA, microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra-large body wraps are designed better for perfect support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part? Sunny Bay quality products started under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. 
With a MechTech carbine conversion unit, you can turn an XD family Glock or 1911 handgun into a carbine rifle in seconds and have it shipped right to your door, no FFL required. Now, MechTech is excited to announce our pistol carbine conversion unit. More compact with a 12-inch barrel and an arm brace, proving once again that MechTech is the world's most versatile handgun accessory. For a limited time, go to handgunconversions.com. That's handgunconversions.com and use coupon code RADIO to receive $35 off any carbine purchase. I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever? We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS. Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is mommy's jam. (laughs) Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Randall asks John a question, I guess, about how these programs are set up. Would you explain, please? Well, there's a number of different ways, and I think I've talked about the parallels between what I did in the UFOs and what Lou Elizondo did, and I say he was more successful than, than I was and that he was able to actually get funded, but one of the things in this area is that um, most of them start personality dependent, meaning some individual decides that they want to explore these areas. Now, as I understand in Lou's case, uh, there was a uh, a rear admiral who had seen the tapes and was willing to, you know, explore and, and push the limits. What happened in my case, I just happened to be in a position where a lot of flexibility access to very high-tech stuff, uh, the right clearances, and know the right people. And just, you know, I just initiated it and was able to do that for a few years. So it's very different from, let's talk about reviewing as a kind of a classic example, because that is one in which they have what we call a program of record meaning it was fully acknowledged, it was funded, it was actually in the budget, albeit you know, classified, 
But again, the starting of that was personality dependent. You had some people, uh, Skip Atwater was one who went forward and was able to convince uh, a couple of major generals, uh, Ed Thompson and Bert Stubblebein, to you know start the program. And then they moved forward very slowly. Now, everybody thinks, wow, isn't that neat? I'd really like to be involved and blah, blah, blah. Let me give you, uh, I can't, I will give you a close quote uh, from Joe McMonigle, who many of you know, Remote Viewer 001, and explaining that, and he said, yeah, it was like going to, uh, or having a knife fight in a blank phone booth every day. Far from the neat fun and games that everybody seems to attribute it to, uh, to it. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of competition for funding in the military, and so anything that is deemed to be kind of wasteful is is just looked over. It's just passed over. Well, there are lists of things. There are certain things you can do. There's things called funding thresholds, okay? They have something called the color of money. So when you don't get like green dollars, uh, when they say the color of money, that means there are certain programs and there's very specific restrictions as to how money in that particular program uh, can be used. For instance, the P6 account, or program six was uh, research and development, P2 was uh, intelligence. And intelligence, there were certain things you can do. You get pretty close to looking like R&D unless you get too big. And if you get too big, then several things happen. One, you get more oversight. And two, people start looking at your money. Uh, Because contrary to popular belief, these programs are not usually fenced in, meaning the money is vulnerable. Anybody who can see it says, ah, well, I'll give you a specific example, and I'm pretty sure this happened with the HF program, is they had listed it as advanced threats. Euphemistically sounds good, but what happened was, I understand it, some people in the Air Force looked out there and said, oh, we do advanced aerial threats. I want that money. And then you've got to go in, and there is oversight, even in the black world and be able to justify why you need the money more than the intruder needs the money. Interesting. So so when you were saying that you don't really agree with the whole idea of special access programs, it's not that oh, there no, no, isn't no, no. such well, a I thing. I agree with it. Wait, 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 wait. Not well, yeah, allow me to clarify here because I'll finish the question. And I think I think I'm on to you now here where it's not that you disagree or that you think there isn't any. It's that... It's the way that they're set up is very different from what people commonly think they are. That's true. Right. And there yeah. is oversight in most areas. And as you get to this at higher and higher levels, then you get have to get into reprogramming authority, meaning more oversight. And as you get to higher levels, more people can see the money. The external, you know, outside world doesn't see it, but the people who are interested in money. Internal competition. I was going to say one of my favorite conundrums was in the the Pentagon, people saying, I'm going to go find the money. 
like there's a pot of gold under a rainbow or something like that to be going to find the money. The reality, may, what you're saying is, I'm going to go look for programs where I think I can steal their money. You know, who's not spending fast money when you have uh, the uh, people in the comptroller's office who could care less, frankly, about how programs were pro- uh, progressing, but they're more interested in what's your burn rate, meaning how are you, are you spending money at an appropriate level, and if you, you're saving money because you know you're going to have an expense later, that's vulnerable uh, because they look for, you know, what are the flows that have nothing to do with the uh, product that's being developed. So with this ATIP program, they did ask for a special access program classification. They wanted it to become that. I'm, there's a letter, I think it was Harry Reid wrote, asking for it. Now, I was looking into this, and apparently these special access programs are created under something called the Apex Special Access Control System. But I wasn't able to find out a lot about that. Can you tell us anything about that? No, that's not something that we encountered. Remember, I've been out 30 years. Um, yeah. Well, this was in the 70s. No, no, so no this, it wasn't. Well, according to the CIA documents, I was just on their site. So, it, I mean. What was in the 70s? Uh, this Apex Special Access Control System. Nixon was one of the ones that signed off on it. So I was just wondering if you knew anything about oh, it. But. No, I, I, at that level, never never encountered it. I thought you were talking about the program that uh, Lou ran and, and, you know, this past couple decades. I wanted to let everyone know, by the way, that we originally had scheduled Bryce Zabel to be on this week, and he was not available. We hope to reschedule in the future. In the meantime, next week, Stan Gordon, UFO researcher from Pennsylvania, of course, he's a UFO and Bigfoot investigator from Pennsylvania, will be back, and he'll be telling us, first of all, that 2019 sightings were way, way up, He'll bring us up to date on the situation in his part of the universe. We are going to progress to some current stuff here. In just a moment with Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented Made in America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. walloffire.com. 
USA Radio News with Wendy King. A crowd of supporters in Fayetteville, North Carolina is chanting, Fill that seat. President Trump is defending his power to choose a new Supreme Court nominee after the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg on Friday. I will be putting forth a nominee next week. It will be a woman. But Democrats say Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell should put off a vote on the president's nominee, just as he did before the 2016 election. Judiciary Committee member Senator Richard Blumenthal. I couldn't improve on what Mitch McConnell himself said after Justice Scalia's death. And I'm quoting, the American people must have a voice in the selection of their next Supreme Court justice. Therefore, this vacancy should not be filled until we have a new president. This is USA Radio News. Poland and Indonesia is reporting a record number of new daily COVID-19 cases. Indonesia reported 4,100 new cases, its highest daily rise in infections, according to the country's health ministry. There were also 112 new deaths reported in the southeastern Asian country. Poland has also reported a new daily record of 1,000 coronavirus cases, and in India, daily recoveries from the coronavirus surpassed the number of new infections. India has the second highest number of cases worldwide at 5.3 million and the third highest number of deaths at over 85,000. The United States has the most cases at over 6.7 million and the most deaths, which is just now reaching 200,000. Brazil has the third highest number of cases at over 4.4 million and the second highest number of deaths at 135,000. You're listening to USA Radio News. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R, T-T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. That's ShopSuperTea.com at 818-984-6100. This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. So when we ended our previous segment, Dr. Alexander, you had mentioned that you did know or you do know Luis Elizondo from your military connection or since? Well, no, I, I just appeared on their program. Unexplained. Uh, second season, I was in one of the segments in that. Interestingly, we were here, well, they were here for two days and ended up with two minutes of airtime. Uh, <laughs> that sounds typical. Yep. One yeah. of the things I'm curious about, and um, I, I want to kind of set right here, is that uh, in your book, UFOs, 
that you have, uh, which I've got, by the way. I purchased that at a local bookstore. Really good book. At the time that you were investigating, trying to find evidence within the system that UFO programs existed, you didn't have much luck at all. And then all of a sudden, this ATIP program comes out, which wasn't even technically, you know, what you might think of as being deep inside the system. And yet nobody really knew about it and caught a lot of people off guard. So, you know, how do we know that there weren't other programs that just got missed, too? Well, A, you don't. And and people didn't know about me unless you were in the system. You would never have known what I was doing uh, at that time. Uh, Now you say right after, remember that we're talking 35 years difference. Uh, So there's quite a chunk of time that goes by and the environment changes. Several of the big things that happened that I think are important, one of the reasons they were successful is that sensor systems uh, improved. And as you know from the case of uh, San Diego, um, yeah, they were able to get you know, direct uh, physical confirmation on various sensors. We never had access to anything like that. And our, our premise going in was not kind of the start of the UFO. Our, our premise was somebody's doing that. I have a slide that I used. It's uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark that said, hey, Roswell was real. They looked at it and says. I have no idea what to do or how to figure it out. Packed it away at uh, Suitland or someplace like that. And I said, well, we'll come back in 50 years and, and start. Now, the people who participated with me, everybody knew the folklore. Of course, all had the tickets and, and everything. And everybody says, gee, I thought you were doing it. I need some other agencies. And um, we never found any indication that that was happening. Just to cover my ass a bit, I, I ought to mention that there are those who disagree with me, uh, some of whom I respect and think that there was somehow a deep black program that was paralleling and uh, actually keeping track of anything. I happened to come down against, I think Roswell, for instance, was real. We started there. But I also think it was ours. I think it's a prosaic uh, explanation for it. Uh, the people who disagree, and some of them who were working with the new board with the law, uh, think, no, there really was a physical parallel program. Now, with the program with which Elizondo was connected, did they enter this knowing the history of previous UFO investigations, or did they just treat this as something new, out of the blue, with no referrals? I'm not track the question. Hey, which now? What I'm saying is here is when you look at the program that Elizondo worked with, it's almost mm-hmm. as if there was never a Project Blue Book or any other project on the part of the government to look into. UFO, UAP, whatever you wish to call them. So the question I have is... from zero. Pardon? And they start from zero. And, and they don't do a very good job of going out and saying, what have we done, what did others do, and whatnot. I'm pretty sure that... I, I, uh, 
the uh, the presentation yeah, you were doing. Let me address one key, key issue with what I just said, though. Oh, yeah, sure. Go I ahead, think, John. I think the reason for that is contrary to what the UFO community thinks. Uh, this is a very low priority uh, from a military perspective. Um, I know they play up on the threat and all of that, but, um, you know, I haven't had any of our planes shot down. I know we can get into some of the ancient history of Maton, all of that, but um, there's certainly been no shooting war with ETE or any other thing like that to say it constitutes a, a real physical threat. And we've been at war for up to almost uh, two decades now, and to say that any technology has evolved, you know, normally in wartime, technology moves forward, and the areas that we've seen advances in are like robotics and prosthetics and uh, things, you know, micro this and that, but you don't see anything that suggests a significant leap in the uh, technological capability uh, in the way of uh, these craft that seem to be able to outperform all of our jets you mean that type yeah, of technology that's a good example. if you look at f-35 fundamental technology has been there for uh, decades um, but it's certainly not anti-gravity any anything remotely associated to like i said the the big technical lead. Well, this is a really interesting question and a debate that comes up on our community forums here on the Paracast sometimes. Uh, people will say, oh, sure, they're our technology, but we're just not using them because we're holding it back in case we need to use it, kind of like an ace in, you know, an ace up your sleeve. I I did, don't personally did, did, think did that's... the part that we've been at war for three yeah, decades? Exactly. I, you I pay for that? And, yeah. So, so um, you're also of the belief that if we did have something like that, we'd, we'd know about it by now. We certainly would have seen indications of some advanced technology. Uh, if not, it would be treasonous uh, when you consider the number of casualties that have taken place. And you're going to say, we've, we've had all these casualties and we had a capability to do something about it and chose not to. I mean, that's just. Oh, well, that there are precedents for that, though. I mean, you know, especially in the intelligence community. You know, when they were, say, if we go back to World War II and they were breaking, trying to break the German code, and they did, they found out how to break the, the German code with the Enigma machine, and they knew of attacks on civilian targets, and including shipping lanes, and, and they, but they couldn't tell yeah. the ship, you know. So I think there is precedence for keeping things secret, but I just well, think it's been too uh, long. That's, that's very different. That's one of the key issues in the intel community. Um, that uh, if you have a capability and, you know, when do you respond? Because in responding, you might be tipping off to the adversary. Ah, you now know uh, something, uh, you know, that you're not supposed to know. We, you know what their technology is. Um, so, yeah, there's times when you allowed attacks uh, to go forward. But now remember, we're talking almost two decades. 
um, and you know, potential threats and all of that. And I wanted to get us also look at it from an international perspective. The potentials there are shifting considerably. Remember the bad old days when this started? It was uh, U.S. and former Soviet Union. Uh, now, from a military perspective, China is far more probably advanced than uh, Soviet Union. In pure numbers, and you watch what they're doing, uh, have advanced capabilities. Let me do a break here, and then we'll have you finish the answer. Okay, okay. thanks. We've got more to come. Dr. John Alexander with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware, not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients, American-made, with American ingredients, employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. 
right now. Click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one liter bottle of high quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30 count bottle of immune booster valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout and the bonus is yours free. 2020safe.net. If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have private insurance, you may qualify for a new continuous glucose monitor. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM can automatically and easily help you manage your diabetes more effectively. And by using a CGM, you can eliminate the one thing most people with diabetes dislike the most, finger sticks. Now you can automatically manage your diabetes and end the painful finger sticks. Solara Medical Supplies makes it simple for you to have a new CGM. We'll do all the insurance paperwork for you and deliver the newest in diabetic care technology right to your door. Take charge of your diabetes today with the help of a new continuous glucose monitor. Call now to learn more. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. That's 800-547-5331. Okay, so we're talking about, I guess, whether secret military advancements would suddenly find their way into the technology used to fight war, and you were going on with some explanations. John, go ahead. Like I say, China is, from a military perspective advancing quite rapidly. But what I want to say, and this is my personal view, and we're not going to fight China. Having said that, China is going to be a very aggressive adversary. And with the idiotic moves that are being made, they don't need much more help. You know, they're going from a uh, pure economic expansion. Uh, if you look at the Belt and Road, uh, for example, uh, I've traveled extensively. We've been on all eight continents and whatnot, and uh, particularly in well, both Africa and South America, uh, you see the prevalence of uh, China there, but they're playing a long game, unlike uh, the American idiots that uh, we always uh, the, the future is about noon tomorrow. <laughs> we just do not play the game very well. I have a question to ask you then, since we're talking about the fact that the program Elizondo worked with started almost from zero there. What about this new Pentagon task force on UAPs that's been announced? Is that picking up where the previous program left off, or are they starting that anew? Well, I think the answer to that is yes, but uh, again, I I don't know. I personal opinion is it's not being taken seriously. Okay, Congress has stepped forward and, you know, Marco Rubio came in and they put language in there and said, you got to do a report. And they're going, as far as the Pentagon, just make this go away. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll meet the minimum requirements, but this is not, in my view, something that's going to be uh, ever become a front burner issue. The question I have there, though, is if they didn't do anything, 
if they didn't issue a report after six months, what is Senator Rubio and the Intelligence Committee going to do? And, of course, as we realize, after January, we may have the other party in charge. What will they do? Or will this just be something that is forgotten about? Pretty much. That'd be my guess. There are, there's no downside to not reporting. Even for Congress, and in my view now, this is personal opinion, I think it's mildly curious. I think that, you know, what Chris Mellon has done a good job in stirring up interest and getting some people involved. But when you put that onto the whole uh, landscape of what's going on nationally and internationally, right? Uh, this just doesn't rise to uh, probably not even a back burner issue. So why bother? Right. I, I, I think that would be their response. Why bother? Unless they get threatened and saying, if you don't tell us something bad's going to happen, um, uh, I, I, I can't see it being something that... Uh, you know, Pentagon is going to get uh, get their hair on fire on. Well, congressional oversight counts for practically nothing these days. Well, but, but remember this, congressional oversight, as you know, Steve Bassett for years, and Steve's a friend, and, but, you know, he's going to get congressional hearings. And what most people don't realize is most congressional hearings Last about you know four hours if you're lucky, and maybe a report comes out, something trivial, and then it gets filed, you know, in the archives, uh, congressional uh, archives, and absolutely nothing happens. I had a slide at one time that I was using. I forget I had picked an arbitrary date and looked a couple of years ago. But that day, there was something like 14 congressional hearings in the day. And everybody thinks of these more like uh, Watergate or, you know, Kennedy assassination or something like that. By and large, absolutely nothing happens. So it's like they had, what, eight hearings on Benghazi. So what? Well, that was politically motivated. That was a red herring from the start. But even then, we had eight hearings, and what did it do? Absolutely nothing. Right. So at this point, then, I think it raises a bigger question here. So we got the task force, which people are saying, wow, gosh, golly gee whiz, this is something special, something's going to happen. Tell me, from 2017, when we first heard about the program, the original program, and we have these... UFO or UAP reports, a handful of those. What else has gone on? It's like mostly expectations. Well, I am sure they are continuing to get reports. So internally, there's been some basically data collection. Um, But as far as serious effort on it, I, I don't see that. Could be wrong, but I'd be really surprised. You know, I would think here also that we talk here about people who, like Stephen Bassett, 
hope or expect the U.S. government can be persuaded to disclose what it may or may not know about UFOs. And you made a big point before about having advanced technology secret. There'd be a point where they'd have to use something, especially when you're fighting wars for 20 years. What is to stop Putin or some other government leader in some other country from saying, we've got the secret, here it is? Well, A, nothing. And B, one of the things to remember is that this is a global phenomenon, that uh, the U.S. is a piece of it. Now, I think it's far bigger. Remember, the last line of my book says, whatever this is, it is more complex than we could imagine. Uh, so that we would, we would go someplace and you know, we would see this emerge. You know, could somebody else have it? We do know that a number of countries have come forward with reports and talked about their, their interactions. That goes back to the Soviet days, uh, several in South America, uh, and many, many interactions. Uh, but that would be, it would be a big difference between, A, we had an interaction, and isn't it strange to we've had an interaction and we understand this and we have made a technological leap. Now, that would be really scary if somebody was able to you know, make that leap. I, I think my, my own cognitive dissonance must be kicking in here because I just – find a lot of that thinking just too convenient. And in other words, let's take one of the examples. Again, this comes from the presentation you did, I think, for the Society for Scientific Exploration. And uh, I've run across similar, well, evidence, I guess. It's not just simply claims that NORAD has literally tens of thousands of unidentified tracks in their system from over the years, over the decades, there's there, and well, not only. Uh, let me stop you there, just as an example. Now, my the knowledge here goes back quite a ways. And the answer is, do they? Does uh, NORAD track? The answer is yes. Does it get reported? Is it taken seriously? I'm going to suggest no. Uh, my last job was director of advanced system concepts at uh, Laboratory Command. It just turns out that my boss was a major general who, as a brigadier, had been one of the ship commanders at, uh, he was air defense uh, artillery. So, so he came from the air defense community. And like I said, as a, as a brigadier, had been... You know, the ship commander, I mean, you have a brigadier, um, you guys are rotating, so you have a number of them. Let me tell you, <laughs> I, I did get a chance to brief him on the stuff we were doing, and eyes glazed over. <laughs> this was definitely not, a, and he wasn't doing that to mislead me or anything. He, he, uh, this was just not on his scope. I think what happens from all the stories we've heard is that, yes, people do catch them on scope. They are recorded, but you learn relatively quickly it is not career-enhancing to report such things. You know what's going to be not career-enhancing, not running these announcements? More to come with Dr. John Alexander with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. (laughs) 
you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Extendivite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. John Hess, 5 out of 5 stars. Awesome. Probably my only review, but at age 40, I was getting bad heart throb and left arm pain, mainly before bed. I even stopped smoking and drinking sodas for a month, and that didn't work. After one day of taking Extendivite, it was gone and hasn't returned in three years. I've ordered Extendivite 13 times, so Amazon just said. Juliet Hordick. I've ordered this product before in liquid form. It is fantastic. My whole family's been on it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This sounds almost like going back to Close Encounters, where if someone in the military sees something weird or an airline pilot thinks that there's something weird out there, They feel the incentive to say absolutely nothing unless they're forced to do so. Well, look at the JAL flight. That's a classic example. Uh, We know about the major sighting that took place there. The guy did report it and eventually got fired for embarrassing his company. Actually, he got a desk job and eventually ended up going back to, to flying, but This is what I mean. When you describe things like this and you look up NORAD, what it is, we're talking here about a worldwide system of sensors designed to provide the commander and the leadership of NORAD with accurate picture of any aerospace or maritime threat, right? So this is their job to do that. It's their job to look at these things. It's not their job to have their eyes glaze over or not say anything. So what I'm imagining is you've got these people at these various facilities, whether it's Cheyenne Mountain or somewhere else, who are monitoring all of this stuff going on and seeing it and going, we're not going to pay any attention to that. And I just don't buy it, John. I don't believe it. Somebody has to be paying attention. 
your choice not to buy it, but uh, it's their choice to uh, try to get promoted and uh, whatnot. So, but it's their job. So what are they doing? Not you know, you're telling me that they've got this information coming in. They've got satellites out beyond the moon that can detect stuff coming into our atmosphere, and people are going, "We don't want to look at that." That's the whole reason they right. put it up there. That's not true. That is patently not true. Well, no, to watch what's going on. That was there for a very specific threat, and that was uh, the Soviets, when we were talking about old days and stuff went in, were Soviets sending something over the poles that looked like a nuclear strike. And NORAD was an early, remember, that's the early warning system. And that's what they want to do is worry about, you know, is there a strike coming that we have to be worried about? As a matter of fact, remember when uh, a lot of NORAD equipment was old, it, it has been updated. And when it went in, it was kind of state-of-the-art. But state-of-the-art and computational capability at that time was far, far different. Uh, probably the... Uh, well, I, I talked to Ed Mitchell about that, and one thing he said, he said, you know, and this was years ago, you have more computational capability on your PC than we did going to the moon. And you had the same thing with NASA or uh, NORAD. And what they were doing is they were looking for missiles that are coming at a certain height and a certain range from a certain place. Other stuff is just not important. And there's no requirement to reporting weird things. Again, the Department of Defense, they are interested in threats. That's their business. So interested in neat ideas? Yeah. So much. Okay. The thing is, how do they know it's not a threat if they don't know what it is? What? You can't assume that, it, that you've got 7,000 things flying around that you don't know what they are coming into your airspace, sometimes in restricted airspace and not knowing what it is, and think, oh, that's not a threat. That's, it just doesn't make any sense at all, John. I mean, I, this, well, this is way too convenient. because you don't understand the system. So I'll tell you how bad it is in understanding the system. When um, I went in as a, a just making lieutenant colonel, as an inspector general for the Department of Army and worked for uh, Dick Trucker, a three-star, he had to create a course. I remember everybody in there is a lieutenant colonel and has been around probably 14, 15 years and that. And he had to create a course for them on how does the government work. These are, like I said, every one of them's been in the system for years. So if you extrapolate that to a civilian sector, um, I've had this talk with Richard Dolan a number of times, and what I told him was, you know, he came up with all these wild ideas. I said, what you need to do is take a day off and go join the government, uh, get into Comptroller, and find out how the system works. So this, what makes uh, seems to be a good idea to you, or why they wouldn't do it, or would, uh, frankly, doesn't apply. Survival, uh, you know, the systems exist to perpetuate themselves. NORAD had a specific threat that was out there to say, because you don't understand something, it's a threat, 
is a total misnomer, and it would drive you crazy. You don't have a budget big enough uh, in the U entire U.S. Uh, government budget to take on all of the things we don't understand. So you've got to be selective as to what are you going to explore. Well, of course, budgetary limitations mean you can't do everything. But what is that a reason then that maybe the government has not been as aggressive as one might have hoped in looking into this stuff? Well, it's certainly part of it. Uh, that, um, again, is who cares? Uh, I think they're making the mistake that most in the UFO community do, thinking that this is important. It seems to be vitally important to a very tiny, tiny subset uh, of the people. Uh, when you get into the macro systems of all the things that are out there, uh, no. Um, what's our? I, I usually know what I forget what our national debt is right now, but uh, you know. We're Don't worry about. It. By the time you breathe, it'll be another trillion. Yeah. So you go, where are you going to spend money now? Um, like I say, there is no department of good ideas. Uh, their uh, budgets come in, and you have a one-to-end priority list, and you run out of money long before you get to end. So if you're going to do something, you've got to be competitive and be able to make a case with other areas. You can Fiddle around. I think threshold you can probably stay under twenty million. Um, you know, that's not even manning the ISS for a day. Um, yeah, it's just uh, not that important. I and mean, if you're the steward of American money, and most of them really do take it seriously, you've got to say compared to what. If I fund this, what am I not going to fund? Well, you see, that's the thing I'm trying to have our listeners understand in terms of priorities and prioritizing this stuff. Isn't that what has always been the concern on the part of the military? Whatever it is out there, is it a potential threat? If not, it doesn't matter what it is. And we can say, well, it could be spaceships. It doesn't matter if there's no immediate threat. It hasn't attacked. It's produced zero casualties. Now we can argue about uh, human interaction in other places. Um, but again, from a military perspective, all the things that are biting me in the ass, this is not one of them. But huh. you see, that also puts in perspective... What, if anything, the government knows, because it has been part and parcel over the years, and we've got a lot to talk about here, John, on the part of people who advocate disclosure, going back to Major Kehoe in those days, in the 50s, that the government or the governments of Earth have guilty knowledge as to what is going on, and for whatever reason, they're keeping it a secret because of panic, because they don't know what it might represent, but they've got all this stuff going on. Or if they don't think it is spaceships, care. how it would impact they our society. Care. We've got more to come with That's John Alexander. Let me do the break. We've got more to come with John Alexander and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. 
Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Are you ready for what's next? It's likely coming. More food shortages, power outages, grocery stores closed, social unrest. Ask yourself, do you have enough food and supplies on hand to last at least 30 days? Most Americans do not, but you can. Avoid the panic of the last-minute rush. Order your four-week supply of emergency food today from MyPatriotSupply.com. Starvation or dependency on the government are your only alternatives. Avoid those and the pain of being unprepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. Build your emergency food supply with meals that last up to 25 years in storage, shipped discreetly to your door. Folks that know what's coming are using today to prepare. There's time for you to do the same. That's MyPatriotSupply.com, the original Patriot Preparedness Company. MyPatriotSupply.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? 
We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, going back to my little rant about disclosure or lack thereof, what was your comment, John? They don't care. Again, you got to look at it from, well, first of all, there is no the government. If you've seen my briefings, you know, I've got a slide that says the government, the Pentagon says, and the next one says the Pentagon says nothing. It's a big stone building with about 29,000 people working in it with a whole bunch of different ideas. And the, the notion that this is monolithic and all information funnels into a single source I think is specious. That's one of the problems when you get to POTUS level is how do you acquire, you know, the amount of information and the number of different things that's required to um, be informed and make a you know informed decision where you're committing resources. You've also got to remember when you're dealing with particularly the military. They change all the time. I mean, that was part of the thing. A three-year assignment was a really, really long time. So people are constantly moving, and they're moving through these various slots. And you have some civilians that last somewhat longer. But this is one of the things we did with Corso. You know, we haven't come up on him yet. I remember Phil was a friend, and he came up with the story, and... I was able to contact the guy who was the uh, chief of staff at the time when uh, Corso was there working in the uh, foreign technology divisions, did emerge in that, and he was not the boss, but uh, he said he couldn't tell me, he did not know who the boss was, or more, he said he was, but uh, records do not indicate that. But the... Uh, so what happened was that the guy who had been chief of staff that he would have been reporting through went on to become a three-star general and had said in um, many of the sessions. So we went and talked to him and said, okay, what happened? I.e., Trudeau had set up supposedly a program and all this. So with progression, that normally should have been passed down. And the guy just says, no, <laughs> and not, not being evasive, just, a, yeah, they talked about strange stuff, but nope, there was no such program. As I recall the book, Day After Roswell, and I realized that William Burns had a big amount of input into the final version. We look at Corso as the bag man with the secret Roswell technology in his file cabinet, it's almost like a X-Files movie, and sending him out to private industry. 
which to me sounded ridiculous then. Phil was a great guy. But nothing, none of it made any sense. And remember, we knew, we, talking about mid, knew of Corso well before the book ever came out. George Knapp was supposed to be the co-author. He lost it, but he's the one who did know of Corso. And we went in and checked, you know, the various things. And the, the stories just do not track. Remember, he came out and he talked about a number of technologies and said, based on, you know, things that are recovered from Roswell, uh, remember, uh, fiber optics, night vision, uh, integrated circuitry, etc., all came stem forth uh, because of ET technology. Not a lick of that is true. Yeah, right. I, I, in your presentation at the end there, you were saying that Cor you had met with Corso, actually, and he admitted to you that he wanted to correct the errors in his book. So why? Yeah. my question is, how did they get in there in the first place? Was this? Do you think this was Bill Burns that was just uh, you know, taking well, too much liberties with his... That's a, you know, that's, that's hard to determine. Uh, the, the two sides of the story, I've heard both sides of the story. One is that, uh, and this is Corso's side, is that Burns had done the right. Phil was not computer literate, and, um, and then a lot of the stuff was either handwritten or typed. And that Burns is the guy who wrote the book, and according to Phil, it says, well, they gave us 24 hours to review everything and do a turnaround before uh, it went to press, as Phil's side. The other side is I was in contact with um, FBI, FBI who had done Green River Killer with Burns and asked him about that interaction as well as Bill later. But what he said was, no, no, when, when they did, I'm talking about Green River Killer now, they went over that line by line, and if they didn't come to an agreement, it went out. So on one hand, you've got an established author working with Burns who said it's totally strict, very meticulous. And on the other side, you've got Phil saying, oh, we, we didn't have time, and we only got a day to look at the thing, which does not make sense if you know anything about publishing. No. I've done a number of books myself, and I know even for the assembly line crap I would turn out with computer instructions, you know, a dummy-style book, it'd go through several editors. They'd send you back each chapter separately, and you'd have a couple of days to respond. So even in the book I wrote in 30 days, I'd have to spend a couple of weeks going through it. So we're talking about a book of this nature. I'd have to think that he would have had more. But then, of course, the problem is that Corso died not long yeah. after that book came out, correct? But what he did do, yeah, he had a heart attack. And um, it was near the 4th of July, uh, I think it was 3rd of July, we went down and um, spent, uh, spent a full day with him. Well, actually, I was in the area and my son was getting married, so I was going to be there. Anyway, went up to Fort Pierce, um, Victoria, we went to the house, went to lunch, et cetera, et cetera. And then he showed me the material that he was, again, writing. It was, again, handwritten and typed and kind of in a stack. And says, no, I've got to write a book to correct uh, all of the errors. 
if you know, in, in the back of the UFOs, I've got in there what at the time was a seven-page letter of here are all the errors you know, that I found. And they were one line. This wasn't lengthy explanation. So seven pages were from the, the short one was it's a Delphi, Maryland, not a Delphia. As they had written to the macro areas, there were no... Uh, the Cold War was not a cover for fighting Yichi. Everything in between. And like I said, he agreed he needed to do something with it. And as we know, uh, had the second heart attack, uh, I think 10 days later, and uh, lost all of that. Well, I know there's something online that purports to be a corrected and or original version of the book. And what is that all about? We're going to try to find out more. Colonel John Alexander with Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The president said at a rally he's likely to choose a woman for a nominee to replace Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who passed away from pancreatic cancer on Friday at the age of 87. When the choice is made, I'll be sending it over to Mitch in the Senate, and they will do what they have to do. I think we'll have a very popular choice, whoever it may be. The president said he would name a nominee soon. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says a vote will be held. White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany. This is a president who's guided um, by the the founding um, of this country and the Constitution. And you look at the justices he's put in place, Neil Gorsuch, um, you look at Justice Kavanaugh, these are great justices. The president's short list of potential nominees is reported to include appeals court judges Barbara Lagoa and Amy Coney Barrett. This is USA Radio News. Before leaving for his rally in Fayetteville, North Carolina, President Trump spoke with reporters at the White House and endorsed a TikTok deal with Walmart and Oracle. Conceptually, I think it's a great deal for America. They'll be hiring at least 25,000 people. It'll most likely be incorporated in Texas. It'll be a brand new company. Uh, It will have nothing to do with uh, any outside land, any outside country. He said the new company will be called TikTok Global. 
Federal officials have intercepted a package that was addressed to President Trump. It tested positive for the poison ricin. It was found at an off-site location that screens mail addressed to the White House. The FBI, the Secret Service, and the U.S. Postal Service inspectors are investigating the source of the package. The Postal Service says there's no danger to the public. You're listening to USA Radio News. I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever. We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, John, what is this thing that's online that purports to be a corrected or preliminary version of the book? Oh, I, I think that's pretty close to right. I actually have one that he gave me, gave us new, and that's pretty close to it. It sounds like maybe somebody should get in there and do a director's cut of this book. Take the original version and redo it, unless there's nothing in there that's important. So the question is here, we go back to the original concept of the book. Did Corso legitimately have some special knowledge of Roswell that indicated some sort of E.T. presence? The closest thing that you would say there had to do with E.T. President or the Roswell crash, but he did have encounters uh, when he was stationed at White Sands Missile Range and was getting ready to deploy to Europe. And this is the, where the, the famous line, a new world if you can take it, where he's out driving out, you know, Wismer, but it, it's a huge area. You you can literally drive for hours and hours. And said he was out doing something on the range, saw a cave that was hot, as it, it often gets in uh, white sands. And so he went into the cave, and there's E.T. And he has a conversation with him. And the guy says, uh, he says what, what, what can you give me? And he says, the new world, if you can take it. That, that's pretty straightforward, but that's something only he could answer. Not sure if that's even in uh, that book. There's a lot of stuff in the original manuscript. I think the one that's online. The whole first chapter area, which is the conversation about Roswell, is not in that book. It's not in the manuscript as Phil wrote it. 
But and then I think this, and they had a chapel would disappear or something, and said the editors said that's the bridge too far. We're already out in La La Land. Um, we're not going to talk about talking to E.T. because he says what happened was that uh, he was in the cave talking to E.T. E.T. says, I'll help you. you got to help me. He says, how do you do that? He says, we'll have the uh, radar shut down. Because the premise here was that there was something about our air defense radars from the 50s uh, that could knock down uh, Europe, the, the UFOs. That does not make a lot of sense either. doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense. I'd like to ask, uh, just on a different topic here, though, uh, I think it was in the mid-'80s, you actually put together a group called the Advanced Theoretical Physics Group that had people from all the services throughout intelligence and aerospace uh, looking into the UFO issue. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Talk a bit about what you guys did and, and uh, what kind of conclusions you came to. Well, I think that's what we've been talking about. This is the difference than what I did and what HF was able to accomplish. Yeah, I had this, and we said, many years had the people you described, all of them had TSFCI clearances, all in, literally an old boy net, meaning that they're all male. And as I said, when we met, our assumption was the uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Looked at it, you know, Roswell was real. Looked at it, can't figure out what it is. Uh, as I said, everybody from different agencies and some who would have to be involved said, nope, we don't do that. They thought thought you were taking care of it. Lots of finger pointing. Um, <laughs> well, one of the things I did point out is that as I went through higher and higher levels, in the briefings, and I am the only one who did all of the briefings, I ended up with either the uh, director or deputy director of all of those three-letter agencies that you know about, some you don't. And the point was, you know, bottom line was, we don't do that. And I thought the most telling one was one where I was talking to guy who had been the director and said, A, we have no requirements. We don't do that. But more importantly, here's the ones I saw. Point being, here's a guy who has had a personal observation himself, gets to the level where he's commanding agencies and is one that would have to be involved. He believed the stories and yet says, we don't do that. This is where getting understanding of the government is important. They are, you know, given certain requirements and things that they're supposed to do, and you operate within them, particularly with the funding. You can fudge a bit, uh, but there are limits as to how uh, how much you can deviate. And again, you're back to funding levels. And I ended up, yeah, changing my mind, saying, you know. I'm up there. What we thought was going to happen, by the way, was that kind of like your scenario it says, okay, uh, we want to, we, the government, has this tiger by the tail, and how do we get it out? And then if we form a second group and it's not associated with this deep black one, that through that mechanism we can put it out. That was premise. It absolutely didn't happen. 
I have stumbled onto black programs before and had my hand slapped, so I knew what happened. So if you go into areas you're not supposed to or you find that accidentally get access to something, that never happened. I want to understand something here because you talked about tight controls about the money. But we always hear, and this is political talk, that the military is notorious for wasting money. The $700 toilet seat, the overruns in the production of military hardware. So how does that compute when you say they're watching the money carefully? Um, Again, there's thresholds. And uh, sometimes it's not done well. Most of the times when you hear the stories about the uh, toilet seats and the ranch and all of that, usually means you don't really understand what it was because you, you think that, yeah, I can go to Home Depot and buy the ranch and, and whatnot and come back, when in fact you're talking about something that's very, very specific. Are the cost overruns? Absolutely. One of the reasons you need watchdog agencies that come in and say, you know, how is your money being used and audits and whatnot. One of the big problems with the government, particularly DOD at that level, the amount of money and having a comprehensive audit is really, really tough. And, you know, a lot of slop that's in there uh, allows for, you know, discretion and, uh, Sometimes erroneous, particularly, with, by the way, I might mention when we were, you know, like going into Iraq and they were doing things like shipping pallet loads of cash, and most of which was not accounted for and whatnot. And you find these huge uh, areas and, you know, total misappropriation uh, of the government, uh, government funds. Um, but, uh, yeah, some of that goes on all the time. But if you look at, you know, research in these areas, one of the things we haven't discussed is, uh, you know, the cost of R&D in space is terribly expensive. Um, I, uh, I mentioned ISS before, a man day on space is $7 million dollars. Uh, when you amortize it out. Um, something like the Large Hadron Collider, uh, $17 billion, uh, spending a billion dollars a year on it for something that's of interest to a few uh, theoretical physicists. And then you turn around and you look at how much money is being spent in all areas of phenomena. You know what? Let me, let's continue this in our next segment. John Alexander, Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625-800-503-8625-800-503-8625 extendivite really works here are some reviews from amazon.com nikki great product have to try it for a few months to see results after taking extendivite for about six months I have noticed improvement on the numbness of my hands and wrists from carpal tunnel. I will continue to buy the product. Ken Peaks, 5 out of 5 stars. Works as advertised. This formula is very powerful. Be careful to follow directions. I am feeling much better. My heart rate and blood pressure has stabilized and my lower edema has reduced. Lower leg pain due to blood clots has disappeared. Thank you. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. I might as well ask that question here because you mentioned before, John, Roswell was one of ours. A mogul balloon or what? No. 
it, it was on a balloon, but it wasn't uh, mogul. And you can find this by searching, and I forget the guy's name, and I should. There was a professor from UC Berkeley who was there, he was a young scientist at the time, and he gave a very rational uh, explanation. The uh, bottom line was, if you remember the time 1947, we are unique in the world, but we know that the Soviets are going to pop a nuke soon. When that occurs is of vital importance because it changes the entire global geopolitical circumstance. So what I understand, well, it was a war story that I had never heard before at the time, and this goes back to World War II, and that pilots that were flying over the Pacific um, were given, uh, they had these little grenades, and they were told that uh, if you get shot down and you get in, uh, first day, pull a pin, drop this thing in the, in the water, and just sit there. If nothing happens, three days later, do it again. And what they found is that there were certain acoustic channels that were running through the Pacific, and what they would do is go out and park submarines uh, on the acoustic channel, wait for a ping, a ping occurred, the submarine would go there, pop up, grab the pilot, go back down, and go back and wait. Turns out there were the same things were available at the stratosphere level. And so one of the things we were doing is trying, we were putting sensors up. Remember, this was before satellites with where you could park. And you could send, it would send the, uh, in this case, it was on a balloon. Now, what they had were sensor systems that were made in a very specific metal. And one of the problems was, I think it was about 60,000 feet, maybe between there and a little higher, there are phenomenal cross so that you had to have materials that could stand deformation and return to its original configuration. And so this thing about what Corso had said uh, about it would crunch it and it would return like metal with a memory, absolutely true, and it did exist uh, at the time. And supposedly that's what they were doing, that is putting these up, and uh, obviously got away from them. And then later they got to where they had seismic uh, sensors. No, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Uh, the entire lecture. He even explained the strange uh, writing and all that that Jesse Jr. Uh, described. So how does this become the legend of a crashed spaceship? It was a lot of material, and they did go in very heavy-handed. Uh, people today, I'd say if you're born after 1980, it was fathom, and if you were born before that, unless you lived through the 80s post-war era, you could not imagine uh, the environment, ecological environment at the And I think they went in. I, I, I said, I think the government did it. I was at Los Alamos, and um, where they were having a truth and reconciliation talks and admitting when uh, Hazel O'Leary was and admitting to 
all kinds of nefarious experiments. And they were having these, as I said, truth and reconciliation talks, admitting experiments. And I watched uh, several, and they were taped at a time while there. And every one would begin, it was a different time. And hard to for people today to comprehend what the mentality was in the immediate post and uh, the advent of the uh, Cold War, World War II. Right, but I think the, well, where we're going with that, like Gene asked, like how did it become the saucer myth? I didn't the the public relations office actually uh, send out a press release saying that they'd captured a yep. disc at Roswell, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Sorry. We'll carry on after. Yeah, this again gets back to what Marcel, Jesse Marcel, I've mentioned Corso before I met Marcel. Um, what uh, Marcel did when they were flying it and stopped in um, Dallas, Fort Worth, and the best of my knowledge, what they showed absolutely switched. And the reason. Supposedly, it was that they knew that the Soviets would be watching the uh, broadcast, and they did not want them to see the original material because they might be able to figure out that we had a sensor system that uh, could detect uh, a nuclear incident. Oh, that makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah. Um, on our community forums, people. Uh, come on in, and uh, they ask questions. And today we do have a question from one of our Paracast Community Forum participants, Farlid Goulstein, who asks, Hello, Dr. Alexander. I wonder if you could give your opinion about the so-called Davis-Wilson notes, the purported record of a clandestine meeting in the back of a car in Las Vegas between Dr. Eric Davis and retired Admiral Wilson about UFO-related special access, access programs? The short answer is no, I don't believe it's real. I've seen most of the stuff back and forth. Of course, I know Eric. Uh, he worked uh, with us at uh, NEDS. I, I put the probability uh, exceedingly low that uh, it has any validity. I've been asked that a, a number of times, and uh, just not make sense. Of course, I don't. Hey, it wasn't there, and uh, don't know of anything that would support it. And I do know. I, I don't know Wilson. I know of him, of course. Um, I know that he has just totally denied it. Uh, Eric's position is, and I'm not sure how it's being driven, but it's been. We have no comment. Uh, speaking of comments, one of the other people that you mentioned that you had asked, uh, Jim Abrahamson, I found his response really interesting. He's a designated astronaut. He was director of President Ronald Reagan's Scientific Defense Initiative and an associate director of NASA. Now, apparently, when you asked him, he said that he didn't have any knowledge about UFOs and, quote, the subject is too hot to handle. Now, that seems, yeah, if you don't well, know anything about them, <laughs> is it, what did no, he mean by too no, hot no, to handle? No, very specifically, he had a $5 billion budget. Uh, he, the quote, you just only part of it, 
um, the part was I'm doing some very hairy stuff. Uh, at that time, uh, that was SDI was the most expensive DOD program uh, ever, and uh, so he was a target for everybody who wants money. And his point was, uh, if I get caught doing this, it wasn't because of revealing technology. It was I'm going to be seen as not uh, being a good steward of the public money. Uh, meaning that Congress would come after him and not only cut, you know, the money that they might have awarded us with zero, they did not do it. He just said, I can't afford, and this was politically, I can't afford to get caught uh, dabbling in these areas, not because I want to protect something, it was uh, well, I'm protecting the budget. I'd say more importantly, years later, his technical director, uh, Dean Judd, became a very close personal friend, and we spent hours and hours talking to him. Some will know that he did come on the NIDS uh, board. Um, he had also, uh, after SDI, had been the NIO, the National Intelligence Officer for Research and Development under the National Intelligence Council, on this weekend's episode of After the Powercast, which is, of course, part of the Powercast Plus, we're going to play catch-up. We're going to feature our old friend Kurt Collins. He, of course, has the blueblurrylines.com website. And we'll talk about his reactions to what Dr. Alexander has said, plus a number of current issues in the UFO field. Check theparacast.plus for more information. Let's continue in a moment. With John Alexander, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-900-8407. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, 
Do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now... Here's Gene Steinberg. So John Alexander was going into a long explanation here that we had to interrupt him for, but could you pick up, please? Well, no, I was talking about Dean, who had was both SDI and the NIO, National Intelligence Officer, for Research and Development, and new space architectures inside out. I mean, this is the go-to guy, and as I said, close personal friend. And I, I will say a couple times that uh, we were talking, and he would say, I'm not going to discuss that. And I would know that, okay, have stepped on some toes there. None of them ever had to do with uh, UFOs. The idea that it was some, again, the, the Cold War thing, or that it was designed to fight E.T. or something is, Totally specious. Yeah, I think people got that idea because of Reagan's. Uh, didn't he do a UN speech where he was saying something yeah. to the effect, you know, imagine if we had a common enemy uh, from space, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah, that's a famous one. And then so that was people were thinking, well, oh, SDI. I mean, the, all of that basically, we're talking particle beam weapons. So. It doesn't seem too far off that if they were looking at, you know, the possibility of some kind of ET craft coming into our atmosphere, that they might want something like that it, to be able to, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I know that what you're saying, but not, it, not on the radar. Yes, not. That is so far out of the thinking. Yeah, it's just nobody is thinking those sorts of things. Well, I know they were, they, it was mainly to shoot down ICBMs, right? So that's what that was about. Okay. Uh, that was mainly to shoot down ICBMs was there. That was the big Star yeah. Wars thing. So, yeah, no, it wasn't for aliens. It was it was for ICBMs. But you could see how the two could, you know, it's not a, too much of a stretch if you think that there's something going on that, well, you know, maybe we could use that too. And then with Reagan saying, well, what if? The problem, a lot of this goes back to the issue of secrecy. And when these things are not revealed, there's secrecy there, people are going to spin up these conspiracy theories, and it doesn't matter. Now, uh, this was before QAnon, but this is something that Q would love and would spin greatly, just the wild conspiracy theories. Uh, although, I guess this was another thing that you did mention in one of your talks, that several of the people that you talk to who you do respect do believe that there is a black UFO program, even though they, you know, most of their knowledge comes kind of through the grapevine. They, they, they weren't directly involved, but they believe it. So it, it's not like 
everybody doesn't believe that there's nothing going on. Right. I can say it's a conundrum. And uh, with Roswell, you know, and this is one where you can never find all of the pieces that fit. I go with my firsthand evidence uh, that I talked to people that others didn't. There's other people who talked to folks that I didn't. So, uh, you know, round and round we go, and you got to take it. Like I said, my, my reliance has always been on my firsthand data. And my firsthand data says no, no. Based on what you've read, what you've studied, has there ever been a crashed UFO anywhere? I, well, no, you should know. I come down against the ET hypothesis in total. Um, probably not, um, uh, not well received by this crowd, but, um, uh, my answer and, and the reason that I don't believe the ET hypothesis is it's too simple. I think that whatever we're looking at is far, far more complex. And uh, little gray guys from Zeta Reptili or you know, wherever the destination is, don't know what the zip code is, but uh, that is too simple uh, an answer. I think it's far more complex than that. Well, this gets us into your other work, and I think that there's quite a few people who listen to the Paracast who are fairly sophisticated and would tend to agree with that statement. Certainly, our former co-host, Christopher O'Brien, he would agree with that, and it is a very complex subject, no doubt about it. But your book, Denied, or Reality Denied, um kind of suggests that there is a reality to it, but we just don't understand what it is, and that there are a bunch of facets. So maybe we could talk a bit more about that book. Yeah, well, the first line of the UFO book that I wrote, besides the ones with uh, Clancy and Jock and Bert Rutan, um, was UFOs are real. And I mean, by me, by that, there's no doubt about the physical reality of some UFO, obviously not all. And like I said, it ends up by saying whatever this is, terribly, terribly complex. At one point, you mentioned that you believe that there is an element that either pays attention to, or I'm not sure if you mean it's causal, but consciousness is a big part of this. Uh, you seem to be really yeah. along. The, can you talk to us a little bit about your ideas and what you how, what you think is well, going on in that uh, area? Well, what you're talking about is uh, something I call a precognitive sentient And this is uh, actually derived uh, from the stuff at the uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Um. And the point was that, you know, we had that totally instrumented. And, uh, of course, um, Brandon is continuing it with even better instrumentation, certainly, now. I just did a program for them where, whenever the next season runs. Um, but the point was that there seems to be uh, 
subordinate intelligence of some kind. I call it it. Well, I don't know what it is, but the consciousness is certainly a piece of it. And when I said it was precognitive, it would seem to know how we were going to respond to whatever observation occurred. And it was certainly sentient. Uh, so the idea was, and what happened is you watch these, the phenomena more. Well, this is true on a macro scale as well. You talk about what's happened at various times. The whole UFO phenomenon in the field has morphed uh, over time, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, but it was like, you know, you'd have an incident happen. Uh, like the calf is one of the classic ones where you have a calf mutilated in a very short period of time, broad daylight, etc. And so you'd set up to study that, and then it, again, whatever that is, is up there and says, oh, you like that? Try this, and would give you something completely different. And often, as we had cameras running, you know, time-lapse 24-7, um, would happen just off camera. In some cases, it would happen what should be on camera, but absolutely nothing showing up. So, like I say, the phenomena there get to be terribly, terribly complex. It seems like whatever it is, it is the one that is calling the shots. It is the one. It, yeah, well, that's one of my points. It is in charge. There's no doubt about about who's in charge. You know, this is really, really, really fascinating, and I don't want to interrupt here. So let's continue our next episode, okay, folks? And then we'll go on with Dr. John Alexander. And this other theory about UFOs that makes E.T. look real, real simple. With Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Paracast people, I'm Greg Carlwood, the host of the Higher Side Chats podcast, an uninterrupted and action-packed interview-based show where I talk to some of the brightest minds for our troubled times about all things paranormal, occult, esoteric, and conspiratorial. After 10 years, we've heard it all. Alien moon bases, archons, hollow earth, technocratic and biomedical agendas, magic, mind control, and Lovecraftian monsters. Oh my. Usually, the first hour of the show is free, and the second hour is for members who sign up for the Higher Side Chats Plus at $8 a month. But praise be, we're giving Paracast listeners two free weeks of Plus when you use the all-caps coupon code PARACAST. Go to thehiresidechats.com, sign up with the code PARACAST, and dive into the nearly never-ending archive of great interviews I've been lucky enough to get over the years, from David Politis to David Icke, and many, many guests not named David. Check it out. You're going to love it. All right, Gene, was that good? Can we use that one? Attention radio listeners, if you're concerned about the coming chaos after the November elections, this will be an extremely important message. Here's why. No matter what the outcome in November, catastrophic social upheaval 
is a very real possibility. Here's why this is important. Listen, we all know that silver and gold have been historic hedges against the uncertain waves of social chaos and unstable currencies. But did you know that there's been times in the past, during times of extreme hardship, when Americans put another store of value above even silver and gold? It's true. Open pollinated seeds have been and could very well be the ultimate store of value in the coming hard times ahead. Go to survivalseedbank.com to get heirloom seeds below wholesale. Visit survivalseedbank.com this week and get hundreds of dollars in free bonuses. Beat the coming chaos. Beat rising food prices. But above all, don't wait. Beat the crowds by claiming your own Survival Seed Bank today. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day, but supplies are limited. Purchase nanocolloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Before we return with Dr. John Alexander, Randall may not have heard this, I just told him. Just got the notice from our network, GCN, that KBJA Radio AM, which covers Salt Lake City, Ogden, Provo, and Sandy, Utah, with a combined area of over half a million people, will now be carrying the Paracast on the weekends. So check the station schedule for the exact times. I think it's going to be repeated three times. That's really cool. Welcome aboard. Dr. John Alexander is with us. We're talking about the potential origin of UFOs being far, far, far more complicated than we expect, and that it holds the cards. John, go ahead. 
I should say, partially we're audio here, but in my visual, I have a slide that I use at the beginning of almost every presentation. And yes, it's got uh, UFOs and uh, some bent forks, uh, psycho psychokinesis, and even firewalking and remote viewing, uh, communication with the dead, etc. Postmortem communication, I said, and even Sasquatch or cryptozoology. And it is my assumption, uh, and I can't prove it, but it says whatever it is, these things are related. And it appears that consciousness is the connecting link. I think that you're on to something that a lot of other people now in contemporary ufology would tend to agree with, that there is a sort of grand unification theory, so to speak. And if consciousness happens to be the connecting factor, and this it, whatever it is, seems to be in charge... It seems to me that it follows a pattern of study. In other words, it seems to be studying what we do. It sets it up, it sets up these situations in almost a theatrical way in order to see what we'll do and how we'll react. Does, does that make any sense? Well, that's what I said. The thing we were saying was, uh, oh, you like that? <laughs> Try this. And you'd get something that was, you know, considerably different from what it was, but within the operating parameters so that you would notice it. But I, I back to consciousness, I mean, there's some very fundamental issues here. And I think it's Max Planck, when looking at this a long time ago, suggesting that the physical reality actually arises from consciousness that consciousness is the fundamental building block. Is this anything like collective unconscious? Well, call it uh, non-local consciousness. Because yes, everything is, everything is interconnected. I would tend to agree that it's things the are... The entire universe, but that's too small. It, I would tend to agree that things are interconnected, but... If we're looking at consciousness uh, at a human scale, then there's really no evidence that there was any consciousness other than us before we evolved. It seems to me that the universe came first and consciousness evolved later. Uh, we're suggesting the opposite. Yeah, but what evidence is there for that? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it does, but um, like I say, it's... Uh, well, I mean, science smart, Science is pretty clear on the this. ones that came up with that. You know, John, science is really clear on this. In terms of planetary formation, there was no consciousness here on the Earth at all, period. You, I mean, we'd have to be assuming that there's some other greater consciousness that exists maybe out there somewhere. Why must it be in a specific place? Or are you suggesting a, a sort of subjective idealism where nothing exists unless we experience it? Because there's, there's, 
This is an interesting subject. We have a consciousness thread on the Paracast community forums, and it's been going for years, and we've delved into this. So, you know, the the whole – if you talk to any astrophysicist or cosmologist, they're going to say, you know, the way that the universe formed was – was it started off with the singularity. Now, unless we assume that that singularity had consciousness all along, then the the science says that the the singularity was consciousness. I see. Okay, so so our consciousness that came along later and evolved is a separate consciousness from this other one that you're talking about. No. No. Okay, so we're all part of the same consciousness. Yeah. Yep. They say, "Am I my brother's keeper?" The answer is, "Yeah." But what about before there were any brothers, or before there were any people? There was just a planet here. We didn't even have a moon at first. So, how could any of us have existed with any consciousness if there were no humans to begin with? We evolved out of the Earth. Consciousness came later. That's scientific fact. That's what? Scientific fact. Uh, well, unless you don't believe in evolution. I, I, I guess you can... Yeah. Scientific fact. Okay, I suppose you can disagree with that evolution is not a fact. No, I didn't say evolution is not a fact. We we suggested that uh, yeah we you know the consciousness is always was and was the thing from which the physical reality arose as opposed to the other way around. Okay, so that's not what science says. Okay, you're Can you falling okay? back on some. Mystical, what science says, and it sounds almost like Trump the other day. Science doesn't know. <laughs> science is. Yeah, science does know. The, yeah. You can talk to geologists. We can see the fossil records. Well, I'm not talking mysticism at all. I'm talking science fact. There were no people for a long time. Then people came along, and people have consciousness. No. What I'm suggesting is the opposite. Consciousness was here and evolved people. Physical, yep. a whole reality, whole physical reality evolved from consciousness. Right, but you're the one that's talking the mysticism now, not me. So just no, to be clear on that's, that, that's Max, <laughs> that's Max Planck. Uh, I will take Max Planck as uh, a credible uh, scientist. Okay, so now. This consciousness is putting us through tests as we progress, or what? And for what purpose? I guess we're obviously just trying to shoot from the hip here to figure out why. You say, what is the meaning of life? Well, that can be pretty much right there, and it's not Monty Python. Now, this is a truly interesting process that we're going through here to try to understand the full extent of what Dr. Alexander is saying. Anyway, got more to come with John Alexander and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist, Dr. Nathan Newman, took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The president said at a rally he's likely to choose a woman for a nominee to replace Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who passed away from pancreatic cancer on Friday at the age of 87. When the choice is made, I'll be sending it over to Mitch in the Senate, and they will do what they have to do. I think we'll have a very popular choice, whoever it may be. The president said he would name a nominee soon. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says a vote will be held. White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany. This is a president who's guided um, by the, the founding um, of this country and the Constitution. And you look at the justices he's put in place, Neil Gorsuch, um, you look at Justice Kavanaugh, these are great justices. The president's short list of potential nominees is reported to include appeals court judges Barbara Lagoa and Amy Coney Barrett. This is USA Radio News. Before leaving for his rally in Fayetteville, North Carolina, President Trump spoke with reporters at the White House and endorsed a TikTok deal with Walmart and Oracle. Conceptually, I think it's a great deal for America. They'll be hiring at least 25,000 people. It'll most likely be incorporated in Texas. It'll be a brand new company. Uh, It will have nothing to do with uh, any outside land, any outside country. He said the new company will be called TikTok Global. Federal officials have intercepted a package that was addressed to President Trump. It tested positive for the poison ricin. It was found at an off-site location that screens mail addressed to the White House. The FBI, the Secret Service, and the U.S. Postal Service inspectors are investigating the source of the package. The Postal Service says there's no danger to the public. You're listening to USA Radio News. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special 
DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, simulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we've entered the whole world of consciousness and therefore a universal consciousness, and therefore that it's holding the cards and therefore, whatever we do, it controls it. So is it, what's it doing now? Is it just putting us through all this misery for the heck of it? Well, now we are going to get to mysticism, but I uh, can deal with that. As you know, I think, I remember I'm once the president of the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Done a lot with uh, post-mortem does consciousness continue? I think absolutely. Yeah, I've been listening to a number. Uh, a friend of mine, not a relation, is uh, Evan Alexander. Are you familiar with him? What's the name again? Evan Alexander. Evan Alexander, no. Randall, have you heard of him? Go ahead, John. Just uh, fill us in. Well, if you're going to study, that, this is what I would say is the starting point. The reason Eben is uh, so unique is that he was a neurosurgeon on Harvard for 25 years and certainly was a materialist and then had a near-death experience. His experience, apparently in Earth time, lasted a week. Uh, although he had endgrain uh, meningitis uh, at a point where the brain could not function, probability of survival was exceedingly low. The thing that saved him was that uh, he was in uh, North Carolina and working at a hospital, and he was taken to his own hospital. They recognized him and said, God, we got it, and continued to work with him for a year. The point here is that he knows absolutely that the disease had moved his brain to a point where it could not function. Um, and so, like I said, the, the, he's one of the few unique studies that I point to because here's a guy who understands neurophysiology and yet is explaining what happened. Anyway, uh, he gets out, uh, of course, out of his body and transitions, and what he describes, and I put a lot of faith in, is this multiple hierarchy, uh, uh, complexity that we can't even, as he said, we're at a level now where you can't even imagine the complexities that uh, exist beyond this. Um, and... Um, yeah, well, <laughs> it's kind of hard to say where to, where to go with it. Well, what he described happening uh, and getting into your question of the why and what what what's, what are humans 
care for and as they're uh, progressing that you literally choose the cohort that you're coming back with and each person is here a karma real kind of thing and that you chose to come back and by the way I am a believer in reincarnation so that's need to understand that from a fundamental perspective um, and that uh, you are here to interact with the people that uh, you kind of signed up for and that uh, now, what was several things that came into verification of what had happened and why this becomes significant Eben was uh, adopted at birth and he knew that he did have biological siblings, and he knew he had had a sister, uh, but he had never met uh, his biological family. And one of the things that happens is he's out and he has an escort, a butterfly that he describes, but a specific female who takes him around and shows him, he says he had a universal understanding of everything so that when he came back and recovered again very low probability but it took him quite a while to get all the functions back uh, but then does meet the biological family and he knew that the sister was deceased but again never saw her and then finds a picture and says was the guide since you brought this up, John, I remember the search for Bridie Murphy, and the author of that book was interviewed on the Long John Neville radio show, and you're a wee bit older than I am, and this was back in, what, the 50s and 60s. So was that a real thing that happened? Absolutely, in my view. Like I say, that's why what what's unique about Eben, I mean there's many, many phenomenal NDE cases out there. Uh what's unique about him is being the neurophysiologist who understood, you know, the brain functioning and all of this, uh and on how the brain could not have been functioning at the, the time that these incidents were occurring. Uh, corollary is I use Mary Neal, also a medical doctor. What's unique about her case uh, is that uh, she lives, I think, in Jackson Hole, but was in Chile and uh, kayaking uh, in absolute wilderness. And she's truncated uh, the story because it's very long, but. Uh, anyway, she's with a party, and this particular day, the last day, and her husband uh, was not feeling well, so he didn't accompany her. And so she's at the back, and they go over this. This is very substantial falls, and she's a very, um, very established kayaker, uh, so not beyond her technical means. But anyway, something happens. The first three go over and head down. Uh, an incident happens, so she has to move and go over where she didn't want to. Well, what happens is she goes down, and the kayak gets stuck underwater, and it is wedged in. And uh, 15 minutes later, the party realizes she's not with them, so they start to count. 
And another 15 minutes later, they come back and they find, and then she is eventually knocked out of the um, kayak, but she's been underwater for 30 to 35 minutes. And body goes down there, which is a knocked out. Uh, think about how your knees bend. Think about your legs breaking and going forward. Uh, you know, the way the legs are not supposed to move. So they find her downstream, body's lifeless, of course. And so they get, finally retrieve the kayak. There's some other miracles that appear there. Pick her up, take her to the far side, and two people appear. Now, this is remote Chile. And they help carry her out to a waiting ambulance. And there are no ambulances in the area at all. But she's taken back to the thing. Now, but again, what's unique here is you got an MD who's underwater for over 30 minutes and then goes on and has all of these other things, literally talking to God and all of that personal stuff. One of the unique aspects of this case is that she, she had four young children at the time, and she was told, by the way, when your son becomes 18, he's going to die. Now, that's not something that any mother would want to hear. But sure enough, just after he turned 18, he was out rollerboarding and a car zigged with some driver not paying attention and killed him. So the aspects of this case and a lot of things that she says correlates with the stuff that Eben said and others, but there's a unique amount. Eben, neurophysiologist, understands it. With um, her, she's underwater for 30 minutes. You can't hold your breath uh, that long. And all of this other information correlates. We're going to correlate this final segment with John Alexander, with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. If you or a loved one is a survivor of abuse by Boy Scouts of America representatives as far back as the 1970s, we urge you to speak up. We'll stand with you and get you the help and financial compensation you deserve. A jury in Portland, for example, awarded $18.5 million in punitive damages in one Boy Scout sexual abuse case. The Boy Scouts of America filed for bankruptcy, and funds have been set aside to compensate those injured. Time is limited, and so are the funds. Call today. Don't wait. For free information on how to file your claim, call All Survivors Advocates right now. We have a long track record in helping our clients get the legal justice and compensation they deserve. Please, we are ready to help you. Call today. 800-364-2984. That's 800-364-2984. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's a clip from the Rachel Ray Show testing the results of Instantly Ageless. Board certified dermatologist, Dr. Whitney Bow. If you're looking to try to turn back the clock on a budget, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but actually there's some recent technologies emerging, almost like changes the behavior of the skin right. while it sits on the skin. She went off to try a product called Instantly Ageless. Yeah. Instantly, you could see a difference. Even the cameraman were like, wow, look at the difference. Yeah. And but I would definitely use this product. This product, within minutes of applying it, it was actually a very dramatic rejuvenation. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, let's explore this a little bit further here. It almost sounds like what you're saying here, John, is that there's no time. In reality, it's just an illusion. Everything is preordained? Not necessarily. No, the, the, the conundrum of free will versus predestination is one of the main topics uh, that comes up in this area. And uh, what they, so the suggestion, what she said and others, that you agree to a certain set of experiences and then it's up to you to make choice to do basically the right thing or you can do other things. But, um, it, yeah, like I say, it's it, <laughs> pretty, pretty complex stuff when you're trying sure to is. explore these things. Well, it certainly is, and just trying to understand it here. Does that limit our free will? No. No, it does not. But the point is that... Uh, 
you're going to have to get the lesson right. You can do it this time or uh, have another trip. So that's the point of the reincarnation. You're expected to fulfill a certain destiny. And if you don't quite get there, you do it again and again until finally you've done it. That's pretty close to my understanding. Yeah. Well, the other question I would have then, this is the thing that I started thinking about when I was young and therefore I was young and foolish and don't really know that much, especially this subject. And that is, if you don't know what you did wrong when you come back, how do you avoid repeating it? Or do you know what you did wrong? No, that's similar to what I've always said. Uh, I'm trying to figure this stuff out. If you just tell me what to do, <laughs> it would be a whole lot simpler. It, uh, part of, again, apparently part of the process is that you're supposed to figure out what it is. Okay. Well, when you get to the point where you figured it out, is that a eureka moment or what? I don't know. No, it, I, I have something I call Alexander's Law of Appropriate Complexity, and that says wherever you are in your life, whatever you're doing, you are given a series of tasks. And just about the time you think you got it all figured out, a whole new order of complexity emerges, and you find out you're back to basically out of the low, but it, think of it like a computer game where, okay, you know, next generation. So you've gone game. from level one, you finish level one, and then you get into level two, and it's a long set of levels. Yeah, yeah. a long set of levels. So do you know what level you're at? <laughs> no. Kind no, of figure I, here, I'm an X minus one myself. I have a scorecard and whatnot. Now, in terms of reincarnation, is there anything we can do in terms of scientific research to prove it's real, or is this just something that's there that we have to understand? Well, I think you should talk to Bob Bigelow. You know, he's just created a new institute specifically to address that. And, um, you know, that is a question. I mean... Is talking about continuation of consciousness. The idea is that um, that consciousness continues as taken as a given. Now, what's the form and, and how does it evolve from there? Um, hard to say. But I suspect that if you think UFOs was complex, you know, this is uh, probably a step beyond that. Now, Maybe taking it back to UFOs again, I want because we have only about five minutes left before we have to wrap it up. And this may be the ultimate question, too. If UFOs are part of this overall phenomenon, does that mean it will continue to guide us, to make us think about something? I don't know. Is that what it's doing? I don't either. I'm just asking you. You're the you're the expert here. There are there are people who are interested, but there's also a lot of folks uh, who uh, uh, whatever level they're on, worrying about UFOs is not a uh, front burner item. Well, then again, I mean, why should we take it for granted that just everything is conscious? I mean, for all we know, the aliens, whatever they are, if there are aliens out there, whatever 
this is, maybe they don't have consciousness like the way that we do, like an AI. We don't know computers are conscious. Maybe they're trying to figure out what we're talking about when we're talking about consciousness. Okay. Let's take it this way. What about the concept of reality, in our case, as being part of a virtual reality game? That our reality is what now? Yeah, like we're like part we- of it. We're in the video game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are we in the matrix? Well, I don't know what the difference is. All right. Let me ask you one more question before we do a wrap-up here. Based on what you've been telling us, and this takes us back again further into the UFO world, you don't expect that whatever publicity we've gotten for the past three years or so is going to take us anywhere. It's just going to keep going on. Um, I wish it would. I have very low confidence that it's likely to uh, help. Well, I guess if it makes three or four people take it more seriously. From a very simplistic standpoint. And you think that's the problem? We're maybe not looking at the right thing, or they're focused on whatever they're focused on, and a year from now we may never hear from it again. Oh, I think you'll hear from it again, but it will make those determinations, not you or nothing you do. That, however, final question, does not preclude the possibility that there is life out there, intelligent life, and they could possibly no, want no. to come and visit us. Oh, that's, no, 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 quite the, quite the opposite. I think we can state just on pure math that there must be sentient life somewhere out in the universes. And that, that's just based on the number of habitable planets that we know now exist. Well, heck, now they're even considering whether some kind of life form may exist on Venus. I saw Nick uh, talking on, I guess, Tucker Carlson the other night about it. Uh, this is not, I don't know if you remember, Aliyah, who ran that a long time ago, but it's nothing you're going to go breathe or be, have uh, a sentient life form surviving in, as we know it. John Alexander, please tell our listeners if they want to know more of what you do, where do they go? Oh, well, just, just the easiest thing is to uh, Google my name and, and John B. Alexander and uh, there's several John Alexander. Or if you put that in and UFOs, it'll definitely pop up. Yes, it does. I've tried it. We also have a link at the site, thepowercast.com, and in our forums for his site directly, so you can see it. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. You can also find two official or unofficial or semi-official Paracast fan clubs over at Facebook. We also have a place where you can get branded merchandise for the show, if you like customized throw pillows and t-shirts and stuff go to the paracast.shop that's the paracast.shop and i was just talking with randall before the show started and we're going to be doing some sprucing up some late spring cleaning which is becoming a fall cleaning by the time we get things done that's the paracast.shop 
Also, we recommend you to the Paracast Plus, where we offer this show free of the network ads with better quality audio. And one more thing, we also offer the After the Paracast podcast, which is an extra special podcast where it could be just me and Randall talking. It could be other guests, surprise guests. You never really know what's going to happen next. To subscribe at special low prices, check out the Paracast.plus. That's the Paracast.plus. John Alexander, I'm so glad we caught you in a weak moment to come on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.